Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Circling the Faces, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, is Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, the free agent market is officially open, and it is moving more than I expected it to, so we actually have some good stuff to talk about today, which I'm very yeah. excited for. It's weird. Yeah, it's been fun to see. Like Waking up to two transactions the last few days has been... Uh... A lot of fun and also says that I've been sleeping in a little bit. But yeah, that, that has been fun to uh, see uh, some fun transactions. I do have a little bit of breaking news. I just found out from a source. Randy Rosarina is going to be eligible for Rookie of the Year again next year. So he's oh, going is to that it? Is it yeah. just run it back again. I think Ian Anderson has the same exemption. <laughs> that is <laughs> not it. true, but I thought it was pretty funny. Honestly, I think that's very funny. Yeah. Uh, coming up on the show today, like we just kind of mentioned, we have actually some legitimate free agent stuff to grab onto. We've had a couple signings. It's going to be a pitcher heavy show because mm-hmm. that's who the market has moved quickest on that front. Right. So Eduardo Rodriguez and the Tigers of all teams light up the hot stove. Thor finds his new mid guard out West while Barrio stays North of the border. And we'll continue our game of over under from last week with each of the top pitchers from this year's free agent class as we predict their statistical performances next season. But before we get into all of that, the NFL season is in full swing, and the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, has you covered with Sunday Night 7. Predict what will happen between the Steelers and Chargers on Sunday night for a chance to win up to $100,000. It's free and easy to play, so download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com predictor. And starting after Thanksgiving, $1 million will be up for grabs every single Sunday Ooh. night, how can you turn it down? Take a peek over at NBC Sports Predictor app, either on your app store or nbcsports.com slash predictor. So let's get into those top stories, and let's start with Eduardo Rodriguez. The, the pitcher for former Red Sox, now Tiger, signing a five-year deal worth $77 million with Detroit. Uh, for those of you out there who had Detroit as your bet for first major money contract to be handed out, congratulations, you win that one. Because <laughs> I was I was surprised by this. Sure. Uh, Rodriguez, 28 years old, went 13 and eight with a 4.74 ERA last season with the Red Sox. He missed all of 2020 because of coronavirus-related myocarditis. Uh, Rodriguez was the best starter for Boston, however, back in 2019. When he went 19 and six with a 3.81 ERA, 1.33 WHIP, in 34 starts, ended up sixth in AL Cy Young voting back in 2019, and in seven seasons with Boston is 64 and 39 with a 4.16 ERA. So he'll be jumping over to a Tigers team that already has a bunch of top pitching prospects, and theoretically, Eduardo Rodriguez slots near the top of that, along with Tariq Skubal. Casey Mize and Matt Manning, that forms a pretty decent rotation there up north. And, you know, for the with some of the top offensive prospects that the Tigers have coming up, along with this pitching staff, along with, I think, some more money to burn on this free agent market and with a, you know, very strong manager at the helm, the Tigers are making a splash in what has been the White Sox and everybody else in the American League Central. 
Yeah, I love this signing for Detroit, and I love it for Eduardo Rodriguez, too. It's good to see a pitcher getting five years in this market. Uh, uh, there were times where it was like, will a pitcher ever get five years again? But I think the, the AAV sort of helped with that. And, you know, you look at that ERA for Rodriguez, and you might be scared off a little bit. But the, the, the advanced stats show this was one of the most unlucky pitchers in baseball. He had an FIP of 3.32. That's fielding independent pitching. Um, you know, you compare it to his 2019 season. Walks are down from that season. Strikeouts are up from that season. Um, just he gave up a lot of hits. Part of it playing with a horrible Boston outfield. I mean, that yeah. certainly didn't help. And, you know, a so-so Boston infield. I mean, Rafi Devers is not exactly the the guy. He's not Adrian Beltre with the glove. But I like this sighting. I don't think he's going to provide, like, fantasy fireworks per se. But I think he's better than a streamer, too. Like, if he's your SP3, I think you're going to be doing okay. And I love what he provides in terms of stability. I also love changing divisions for that guy. Look, the, the AL East was, outside, was of Baltimore, outside of Baltimore. That's four 90-win teams that he was, that was in that division. Three that he was facing as he was on Boston. Not a lot of 90-win teams that he's going to in the AL Central, and a lot of those teams still in rebuild mode, and some that might be even more pushing towards rebuild, including Cleveland. We'll see what exactly happens there. Mm -hmm. But I really like this signing, and I think it has a chance to be a fantasy-relevant one as well. I could not agree with you more on the change of division context in this because, I mean, how much have we looked over the last two years, take 2020 and 2021, and just try and take – NL or AL central starting pitchers. Yeah. And they and that was a legitimate bump in value just by sure. being an AL or NL central pitcher. And you know what? Eduardo Rodriguez not having to face the Yankees, not having to face the Blue Jays, not having to face the Rays. Right. Um, and and even if you look into next year, maybe a slightly improved offense in Baltimore. Like right. get him out of that division, have him have to face those teams once or twice a year, and end up being able to pick apart the you know, the Royals and such. I think this is a much better spot. Um, if you're talking about someone who, and we're going to talk a whole bunch throughout this offseason about players whose ADPs next year will go back or forward, depending yeah. on where they sign as a free agent. Eduardo Rodriguez, this is absolutely a forward move from him. I think this is a great spot for them. And I think this is a nice spot for the Tigers who do a good job of dipping their feet into the free agent market without diving into the deep end so to speak, because their window is not exactly open right now for like sure. the very top end. But this is a 27-year-old, 28-year-old with some more upside, sure. moving to a new team. Um, I, I think this is a nice, I think this is a nice landing spot for the Tigers. And most importantly, I think keeps them very much in the conversation for a lot of the other bigger name free agents, the Carlos Correa's of the world that are keep right. getting kind of pointed to, hey, uh -huh. at least we didn't blow our budget on one guy, on one pitcher. We still keep our options open. I think that's a really good point about like what this, not only for keeping the budget, and of course the budget is all subjective because we're talking about billionaires, but it does also say, hey, Carlos Correa, hey, Corey Seager, hey, yep. Trevor Story, these guys. We're committed. This is we're far from done. Like they need to add another starting pitcher, another uh, certainly a shortstop. I mean, you just look at that yeah. roster and it, it, it's just screams one of these big name shortstops. But, yeah, it's a great point. I do think that this does show them, hey, we are committed to being a very good baseball team going forward. And maybe honestly, in 2022, I mean, there are. There are reasons for optimism in Detroit for the first time in about four or five years. Yeah. And again, that division outside of the White Sox is yeah, very open. Rough. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if there ever was a time for you to catch a team on the upswing in the right scenario, this might be it. Absolutely. Um, Red Sox fans out there, you might have lost Eduardo Rodriguez, but you do get a compensatory pick because the Red Sox did offer Rodriguez a qualifying offer. Uh, Chris, we're going to be playing this over-under game for the second half of the show, really focusing on all the major free agent pitchers. Eduardo Rodriguez obviously was one of them. So let's knock his over-under out right now. I'm putting the over-under 12 and a half wins next year. Ooh. So just to give context, Eduardo Rodriguez has 13 wins this year, 13 wins in 2018, 19 wins in 2019 when he uh, was sixth in AL Cy Young voting, but is going from a Red Sox team to a Tiger team Right. that while has promise is still on the building stages of their yes. rebuild. So right. 12 and a half wins. Is he able to match the win total from this year or does he fall under with his new team? 
So be, a little behind the scenes, when I told Colin uh, to, to come up with the number of this thing, I was thinking, oh, he's going to say 13 and a half. But he said 12 and a half. So I'm going to go over um, <laughs> just barely. The, the concern here is Eduardo Rodriguez, and some of it, you know, is uh, something, a very serious illness. But before la- these last two full seasons of 34 and 32 starts, He'd never had a season of above 150 innings. This is not necessarily the most durable starter in baseball. Certainly has been much better about it. Although 32 starts, 157 and two thirds innings. That's almost impossible. Yeah. <laughs> low, even in today's age. So I'll go over, but I'm, I'm thinking 13 again is the number that he hits. I'm going to go under. And I think that's more of just a one tigers and just, their that offense needs to step up. They're going to be relying sure. on a couple of young players this year, especially if Torkelson and others get the call. Mm. Um, so maybe he doesn't get the run support. Also, I, I think this is more of just a conversation of like, can he be in there for six innings with that team right. and get a win? I don't know if he only got 13 with the Red Sox this year, I'm going to ebb on the under for the Tigers, but would it surprise me if he got back to 13? It would not, but it's I'm going to go under on that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh, one of the other two big names that just found new deals. Uh, let's talk about Noah Syndergaard, the former Met signing a one-year $21 million deal with the Angels. So he turns down an $18.6 million qualifying offer from the Mets. So the Mets will get the Angels' second-round draft pick around 70th overall. Uh, Syndergaard, who is 29 years old, spent the first seven seasons with the Metropolitans. He made one all-star game and was a major part of that 2015 World Series run. However, he's only pitched two innings since 2019 due to Tommy John's surgery. Over 718 career innings, he has a 3.32 ERA, has struck out 777 batters, which is just nuts, walked 166, and allowed just 64 home runs in those innings. Um, so he will join Otani and Patrick Sandoval as the top three arms for LA, uh, for the angels. And I'll let you start with this one because I have some feelings about it. So what is, I, so Cindergard to the angels one year, $21 million. Yeah. I like it for both parties. I think this is a great chance for Cindergard to kind of in a rehab year seems like, uh, uh, a horrible thing to say for someone who's making $21 million <laughs> yeah, right? to do yeah. it. But uh, I think the key there is, is the top three, I think for now. So if this is what the angels are just like, this is going to be uh, the big part of our rotation that I don't love this because there is a lot of risk with Noah Syndergaard. Like he, at uh, first, the a thing we think, I think people miss out on is the fact that like, even in 2019, there was a little bit of regression there with the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Not a huge one, still striking out 202 batters in 197 two-thirds innings. You know, had all of us be so lucky to regress to that form. But 4.28 ERA, then missed all of 2020, only paid two appearances in 2021. There's some risk here, but I think the Angels aren't done. And I really think the Angels are going to add another big-name starter to this thing. So that pushes Cindergard more towards, like, the back end of that rotation, or you push Patrick Sandoval to the back end of that rotation. Now I'm really excited because you could say that in terms of just pure upside, that he's the best starter on this market because when he's at his best, he shows better swing and miss stuff than anybody. And that includes Max Scherzer. Now, two years ago, Max Scherzer, no, but the current version of Max Scherzer, who's still very good. And I think the angels should be doing everything they can to sign the current version of Max Scherzer. Mm -hmm. But if you push him back to that fourth starter, where you're not relying on him to be the ace of your staff, then I'm pretty excited about the Angels. And look, they've got plenty of money. Artie Moreno is going to be just fine if he spends another $35 million or whatever on Max Scherzer. So I like it, but I will caution that there is a ton of volatility in Syndergaard's profile. I I don't like this move. I don't like this move here. I I want to like it because, look, I think Syndergaard – Going to any team on a one-year $21 million, well, I think $21 million is far too much for a guy who has pitched two innings since 2019. And even if you are asking for I, – I mean, I put my over-under for him just to start this conversation. I put my over-under. The question I was going to ask you for him is over-under 99 and a half innings pitch. Does he get to 100 innings next year? 
And if you're and if you are leaning even remotely towards the no, then $21 million is a lot of money for you to be putting on a player that has that much risk. Now, I think there are other teams that could do that, but the Angels, who have consistently, year after year, tried to like patchwork this rotation and have failed every single time while doing it. Is Noah Syndergaard the guy that you think is going to change that? Like it change that pattern? Like to me, it just feels like we're going right down this road. Now, yes, you and I both expect them to be very heavy into Max Scherzer, very heavy into say some of the other top starting pitchers on this list on the free agent market. But if they miss out on the top three, four, and they're asking for at least 100 innings from Syndergaard. They're asking for at least 25 starts from Otani, which this year was awesome, but can we get 25-plus starts from Otani next year? Like, this, even if they, if they end up getting a mid-tier arm, this doesn't feel like a, I can win the American League West rotation still. So, I don't know. I don't like this one. I like this move if it were to a team that could take this kind of risk, but because the very small, you know, margin for error out in LA. I'm not sure this is the right partnership here. That's fair. I, I would just say like, I, I just don't see why it's not the angels can't be the team that does this. I mean, we've seen this team spend hundreds of millions of dollars on players before. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think $21 million. Now they may say that they may be like, Oh, this is our big free agent signing, but that doesn't have to be the case. It doesn't make, Look, the Angels have made some very questionable. Oh, moves I don't care about the money part. The money no, part for me is irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, but, I, but, but like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, if, but you know, teams do set a budget, and if mm-hmm. they're saying that Noah Syndergaard is their big get, then yeah, that's that's a questionable move for me because you cannot rely on Noah Syndergaard. And I'll take the over, just to to be honest with you, I'll take okay, the over you. on those those innings. But um, the fact that it's even kind of a question mark is why he can't be the ace of your staff, because mm-hmm. you have so many question marks with the as arms. But again, if you do add another big name starting pitcher and there's absolutely no reason why they can't, so they have, they absolutely have the money and they should be able to draw plenty of interest playing in Southern California, getting to play with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and a bunch of other talented players. Uh, there's no reason why they can't get that second starter, even if they have to use the trademark. And they're not a great system, but there are some arms available on the trade market that they could go and get. Yeah, they can add to this starting rotation. So as a building block, I like this. As the ace, I would agree with you. A big mistake. Yeah, I, we'll see where they go. Again, it's entirely dependent on the rest of their free agent market here. But sure. knowing that if Syndergaard plays well, are they going to be able to sign him to a major money contract next year with theoretically a major money contract on the books this year? If he doesn't pitch well, then, you know, is this, would you walk into next season with that being a major party rotation that doesn't play out? Like it's just a lot of risk for a team that does not have a lot of top, you know, pitching prospects behind him that can maybe fill the spot. It, I I just don't like the team fit, but I'm hoping that Syndergaard turns back the clock because I love watching him pitch when he's on. We'll say this. It's a big loss, I think, for the Mets because they are going to lose him. They might lose Marcus Stroman. The fact that Marcus Stroman doesn't have a qualifying offer attached to him is a and that's not the Mets fault. That's just he doesn't qualify for it um, is a big thing because there are very few arms that I'm trusting right now behind Jacob deGrom. And Jacob deGrom, of course, had the injury risk as well. So, yeah, it's it's a I think it's a bigger loss for the Mets maybe than a bigger gain for the Angels. I can get behind that. Let's talk about Jose Barrios. Uh, he signed an extension with Toronto. Say so he came over at the trade deadline this past year and um, pitched and went five and four with a 3.58 ERA across 12 starts for the Blue Jays down the stretch. He signs a seven year, $131 million contract extension. So he liked his two months up north because yeah. he signed seven years. Uh, he went 12 and nine overall in 2021, and he set a career best with a 3.52 ERA and 204 strikeouts. Overall, in a six year career, a 60 and 47 record with a 4.04 ERA. He was set to become a free agent at the end of next year, not this year, not a free agent now. So he was not technically on our free agent watch board, but right. I'll ask you, but I'll ask you an over under regardless now that we have a new player with a new team. He set a career high of four of uh, 
204 strikeouts this year. So I will set the mark right there at 204 and a half. Can he, a guy who we've all liked Jose Brios for a long time, but sure. does not have maybe the elite strikeout numbers that get you from a fantasy standpoint towards the top 15, top 10 that maybe his potential could have, but he's not putting up the strikeout. So in year number two, I guess, technically with Toronto, can he set a new career high and get to a new level in the strikeout total? I think so. And I, I love this signing for Toronto because one, it, it's another commitment towards winning that uh, we're seeing from that club. Mm-hmm. And the other thing here is it gets kind of underrated. Jose Barrios has been one of the most um, productive uh, starters in terms of being able to stay on the field. 2018, 32 yeah. starts, 2019, 32 starts, 2020, 12 starts. Of course, he would have had 30 starts if it would have been a normal season. 2021, 32 starts. He just doesn't miss starts. I think Aaron Nola is the only pitcher that has made more starts over the last uh, few years. Um, That's big. And the fact he's going to stay on the field and the fact that everybody is striking out so gosh dang much right now, I think I'll go with um, that going up. And look, he's been right around this number a lot. 202, 195, 204, uh, made a big jump from the 139. Uh, Barrios, another example of a prospect who just stunk out loud in his first mm-hmm. taste of Major League Baseball and everybody wondering if he's going to be a bust. No, he's not an ace, but he's a solid mid-rotation starter. And I'll say he can get to that 210, 215. And I, I, another move that I really like for the Blue Jays. I like this move a lot for the Blue Jays. I thought he fit in quite nicely with that mm-hmm. rotation. Hyunjin Ru and Alec Manoa, theoretically, sure. Nate Pearson right behind. Hopefully he can settle into some part of a rotation spot. Um, I mean, and they can fill out the rest of that rotation with some mid-tier free agents. I like this move a lot. It just yeah. seemed like the right spot. Also, and you of all people are prospects guy makes that trade a lot more swallowable considering sure. these two very big prospects that went the other way to Minnesota. You know, if you were to lose him at the end of next year and only get a year and a half of him, is it as worth it? Now yeah. you can say it is. I will say over as well. I think him being on this Toronto team going against the Yankees and Red Sox who look, sure. they like to hit, but they also like to strike out. Exactly. Um, and and the and again the we talk we'll throw the Orioles in there as well. Yeah, uh, I think this is I think he is in the best position for him to succeed at any point in his career. And I think next year is the year where he can, can really put it together. We talk about ADPs going up and down for guys signing. This is an ADP that goes up for me. Like yeah. I think this is I think this is a great um, re-sign for Toronto. A great re-sign for Barrios and. Uh, I, as a Yankee fan, I hate it, but as a fantasy, <laughs> as a fantasy manager, I'm all yeah. about this. I think this is a great spot. Yeah, I agree. So let's just, before we get to over and under, let's just kind of briefly zoom out a little bit here. Cause we didn't expect, um, kind of these names to have signatures next to <laughs> next to dollar figures just yet. Mm-hmm. And we're already hearing some rumors about Corey Seager and a couple of the other top free agents, maybe looking to try and get in before the end of December 1st when the CBA is up rather than wait till after, which I think many of us ourselves included expected. So what do you gleam? And again, we're all living in a predictions world and we know nothing more, but with Rodriguez, Barrios and Syndergaard now kind of off the market here, like how much do you think that affects, what does that say about the overall free agent market? I think, well, we talked about this when Andrew Heaney signed his contract like eight minutes after free agency began. That like, I did expect, now I didn't expect a name as big as Noah Syndergaard to find the market that quickly. But I do think, and look, Peter Gammons reported that he had offers up to $25 million for Mm -hmm. a one-year deal, which was really interesting to see. Um, Obviously a little bit more than that $18.4 million qualifying offer. Um, I think what it says is that a lot of these guys just want to get this done because they understand that if it doesn't get done by December 1st, they're going to have to wait a long time. And I still think that there are going to be names who wait and sign until like even into spring training, Uh, especially if, you know, if we do have the uh, basically a lockout go on that it's going to be a long off season. But I do think some of these guys kind of read the, the tea leaves a little bit and say, Let's just get this done. If somebody's willing to hit that number that I want right now, let's go and do it. But I still think let's not get too ahead of ourselves. I think we're still in for kind of a long winter. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a nice little 
pump start. Like, yeah, I, I think sure. this is a nice little go. Like, it yeah. at least gives us a little warmth in the cold stove. But sure. uh, I, I got to – it will mean more if someone really at the top end of the list happens yeah, to sign the, early. Because if so, now the market sets. Now there's a trickle-down effect. Now suddenly yeah. teams are looking around. Someone's got a little bit more – little more sweat on the back of their neck. Maybe someone grabs him before December 1st. Like if Corey Seager were to sign, I think we could see a cascade. Yeah, but absolutely. If it's if the top of the free agent market stays free going yep. into December 1st, then I think you're 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 gonna have a long wait to find out where everyone goes. But right. if someone gets within like you said, if someone can be in the ballpark of a dollar figure that a free agent wants right now mm-hmm. and say, you know what? It's it's baseball. I put my pen to paper, it's guaranteed money. Like I, I might take that conversation now rather than see what falls through the CBA when it gets resigned. Right. And I will say this too, that one thing like, like the Eduardo Rodriguez signing kind of does is it kind of sets a little bit of a floor is not even the right word, but like, if you're looking, if you're Robbie Ray, if you are Kevin Gausman, if you are Marcus Stroman and see Eduardo Rodriguez getting those, and I'll do respect to him getting 15.6 million yeah. a year. You're getting more than that considerably if you're those arms like that. It's kind of set that those guys will not be getting those fifteen point six million dollar contracts. We're looking at, you know, for most of those guys, I would want more than what Syndergaard got in AAB because, um, you know, as as, again, while Syndergaard has the most upside, he also carries the most risk of pretty much any starter on the market. So I think it did do that a little bit. It kind of set the. uh, Okay, if I if this guy's getting this, then I need to be asking for that, which right. is kind of nice to see in November compared to like the middle of December. Yeah, it's a kind of a, a theoretical gamesmanship shrewd yes. by the Tigers. Like, great, mm-hmm. lock in this guy, and now everyone has to talk into a higher stratosphere because sure. we locked in Eduardo Rodriguez here. Kind of like uh, I I think back to like Patrick Corbin signing with the Nationals as early sure. as he did in free agency, and yeah, like, that was the mark that everyone had and whether you want higher or lower, like that was what we were aiming at. So good point. A good, uh, a good person to start off the free agent market. Yep. So with the fantasy hockey and basketball seasons fully underway and some playoff pushes on the fantasy gridiron, make sure you are signed up for NBC sports edge signing up for edge plus gets you access to our fantasy football, basketball, and hockey sections. In addition to our incredible baseball and sports betting content as reward for our listeners, Be sure to use promo code BASES10 to get 10% off any premium subscription package, either monthly or annually, regardless of tier. So to find your edge, make sure you are signed up for NBC Sports Edge Plus. The promo code again is BASES10. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency creates personalized anti-aging formulas that smooth fine lines, lighten dark spots, and improve the appearance of dark circles. Each formula is tailored to you and prescribed by a licensed dermatology provider. Formulas are customized with clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than retinol. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel any time do you want a beautiful lawn enter true green the easiest way to get a great lawn just water and mow and they'll do the rest weed control fertilization aeration and more true green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the pga tour and they have a verified best price which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality you do you let true green do your lawn care visit truegreen.com T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So let's get to some of those over-unders now. We're going to look at the rest of the pitching free agent markets. We're going to be talking about, we're going to do over-unders on these free agents with a statistical category that will essentially make or break their season next year. How much is that going to affect that X factor affect their performance next year. Let's start with the top pitcher to, by some metrics that I've read online, the top free agent overall on the market. Mm-hmm. And that's Matt Scherzer. 
Uh, the 37-year-old was just masterful last year, had seven wins with the Dodgers um, in, in the second half of last year, just came over and was just an absolute light-out monster. He will almost assuredly be signing with a contender. So he had 15 wins last year. And again, if you're drafting Max Scherzer and you're drafting him high, which you almost undoubtedly will be if he's on your roster, right. then that means you are hoping for wins. He might not be on the Dodgers next year, and obviously this is going to be dependent on who he signs with, but Scherzer mm-hmm. is about the most offense-irrelevant pitcher that is out there. Right. He has 17-plus wins in four of the past eight seasons, excluding the shortened 2020 season. So I will put to you, Chris, the over-under of 16-and-a-half wins next year for Max Scherzer. I, I love you, Max Scherzer. I just think this number is just a little too high, so I would take the under. And it, the re, the only reason is is because – Look, he is a pitcher who I believe is going to be 38 next year. 38. Uh, He'll be 38 early next year. Yeah. 38 early next year. So the, I just can see whatever team signs him. Look, you're, you're paying him a lot of money, but still um, asking him to be that 220, 215 inning guy, which is typically what you see when you get those type of wins. Like he did have 16 wins in 2017 at 200 innings, but that's under the number that we're talking about here. So like, I think Max Scherzer, even at 14, 15 wins, can still be an SP1. Just mm-hmm. That's just the way baseball works right now. Um, would it shock me if he got 17 or 18 wins, if he's playing for a really good lineup? Yeah, I, I, I could see that happening. But I'll take the under just because of the way baseball is working right now. <laughs> as much as I, I'm taking the under as well. Like, I want to apologize to Max Scherzer because I know he's probably yeah. out there listening to us. And you yeah. please use this, put this up on a bulletin board and use this as motivation. Sure. But I, I agree with this. Look, 38-year-old, if you just told me and took the name away and said 38-year-old starting pitcher, even coming off the season that he had, right? to get 200-plus innings, to pitch six-plus innings in enough games for him to qualify yeah. for the wins, like sure. a lot of things have to go really right. And also, right. like you said, he'll be signing with a contender, and that contender is really looking at the postseason and not 100%. so much the regular season. So 100%. is there a chance that they just they, they ease him in because they just need him to be going for September and October and right. October more than they care about April and May? So I'm going to go under 16-and-a-half wins here. However, with the caveat that if he re-signs with the Dodgers, I might, I might, he might, that might be the only team I take the over on. But otherwise, I'll take the under. And see, here's the thing about that is that might be the team that scares me the most because the Dodgers have so many young yeah, arms that if fair. Max Scherzer has like, if he has like an ingrown toenail, they'll be like, <laughs> "You're missing two starts, bud," because we yeah. can just like kind of we know we're going to the postseason next year. But I think your fair overall point. point is absolutely accurate that like. Um, the, the Dodgers will give him a ton of win chances, but I do worry like about that as a 38 year old. And it's so funny that I'm, I'm 38 myself. I would love to be a person who gets to have rest (laughs) to make sure I'm at my best at, at the ripe old age of 38. But, but yeah, that's a really interesting one, but either way, Max Scherzer is still somebody you could target in those first couple of rounds. I'll make sure, uh, DJ lets, uh, we'll, we'll, Loop DJ and make sure you get a couple days off in between starts. Really, want you uh, want you healthy and and it's magazine time, man. It's I, magazine time. We're almost getting there. We're almost getting there. <laughs> All right, so let's move over to this season's surprise, maybe surprise player overall, and that's Robbie Ray. I mean, we are maybe looking at the AL Cy Young front runner here. I mean, it's yeah. probably between him and Garrett Cole for the AL Cy Young, and I think if I had my money right now, I'd put it on Ray. Mm-hmm. Look, he's. We always know that Robbie Ray can get strikeouts. That's mm-hmm. never been the problem. The problem with Robbie Ray is that when he lets go of the ball, he doesn't quite know where that ball's going. However, sure. that's stopped this year. He suddenly turned back all of the mechanical clocks and was <laughs> able to just be a strike-throwing machine. His last year, he set a career-low mark of a two of 2.42 walks per nine, easily his lowest, his prior career low was 3.45 walks per nine in his first two seasons in the league over a full walk less per nine. Yeah. And for reference, the short in 2020 season when he was God awful, his, his walks per nine was 7.84. He was walking <laughs> almost a batter an inning. Yeah. So I will ask you this. Now, this is really a conversation of, do you trust Robbie Ray? Yeah. The over under I am setting is three walks per nine. 
Right. Remember, last year was two and a half. The year before, his career best prior to that was three and a half. Right. I will set the over-under at three walks per nine. I'll go over, and it's more I, – I absolutely believe in the mechanical changes Robbie Ray made. But you have to be pretty fortunate to get a 2.4 walk rate right now. With the, how patient hitters are, um, that, that's difficult to do. Like, there was some good luck on top of the – the outstanding mechanical changes that Ray has made to become a strike thrower. I would guess more like in that three, 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 four range. I think I do believe in it, but you know, it just takes a couple and look, a, an intentional walk or anything like that is going to add to that total. So I do believe that his total, I, I believe that he is a changed pitcher and I, I still really like Robbie Ray going forward because again, that swing and miss stuff is still filthy. And I do believe in the mechanical changes. But I think there might be a little bit of regression in terms of walks, but not enough to get too concerned, but enough to lose that bet if I bet the under. Honestly, couldn't have put it any better myself. I was going to say all of the exact same words. So <laughs> just ditto it all. I, I think there is some regression here, yeah. but I believe that if you're telling me on the spectrum of 2021 Robbie Ray to 2020 mm-hmm. Robbie Ray, like sure. we're closer to 2021. So I would agree with that. take that there. I think Robbie Ray is maybe the most, interesting free agent out there though because i don't know how any front office is you know what front office is willing to sign up for five years of robbie ray off yeah. of one year of this that is going to be fascinating for whatever front office ends up signing him and for whatever that dollar figure and year total is for sure all right let's move over to kevin gossman the 31 year old of the san francisco giants had a career year last year a um a 2.81 ERA that is easily his career best. His prior career best was 3.57, however, back in 2014 and a 3.62 in 2020 and 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, he set a career high mark in inning pitched last well uh, last season as well, which mm-hmm. was a nice change for some of his kind of injury concerns in the past. So as a 31-year-old hitting the free agent market, I'll set the over-under can Kevin is Kevin Gossman over or under a 3.4 ERA next year? I am going to take the under, but not by much. And I will say this, a lot of this is going to depend on where he signs. Sure. Like it's going to, uh, even with the fact that we're going to have the designated hitter in the national league, like if he's back in San Francisco, I'll take the under. I think he's really well built for that type of part. But, you know, if he if he goes somewhere that's a little more offensive friendly, like the Red Sox should be all over Kevin Gossman. Mm-hmm. I think that they, they need to add a starter like that. But I would guess the ARA is a little bit higher if he's going into that park because, you know, doubles machines and just not nearly as friendly of confines as it is in San Francisco. So I think either way, I still like Gossman as the fantasy starter. Again, that's kind of going to be the takeaway for a lot of these guys when they hit the over. But I'll just go slightly under that number. I'm going to go over on that number. And I think that's, I think that's not so much an insult to Kevin. Gossman. No. I think that's just more of the, I see him as more of a three, five to four ERA kind of pitcher. Sure. Like I just see him as that, that being more what I can bank on and everything after that is gravy. Sure. But if I have to go into next year with a, what is the floor that I expect from Kevin Gossman? Like three, five to four ERA seems about right. And if I'm okay. under three, five, I'm pretty happy. So yeah. I'm going to say over, but again, I, I has plenty of, if he ends up signing with the giants, that could be a, that's a great spot. He just looked at home out there and out there in San Francisco. So I like that quite a bit. I would like that even more. I might take the under if he's there anywhere else though. Give me, give me the higher. I just don't know if he's under three, five. Yeah, that's fair. And like, this is a, he's only 31 years old, but there's a track record here of yeah. being in that number. So it totally makes sense. Marcus Stroman, the 30-year-old, formerly of the Mets, he has been really one of the most consistent pitchers over the last few years. For a guy who is not the most physically imposing on the mound, <laughs> he does a great job of just getting outs and eating yep. innings. Um, and he has continued to to pitch, fortunately, on good teams with good offenses behind him, so he's put up good counting stats for the most part across his career. Um, he obviously now is going into uncharted waters as the first time I believe this is his first free agency. Um, but one of the things that separates Marcus Stroman, or I should say good Marcus Stroman from great Marcus Stroman is his strikeout percentage. Right. How many times can he get strikeouts? He can get outs, but can he punch people out? 
He had 158 strikeouts in 2019 and 159 strikeouts in 2021. And he has broken the 160 strikeout mark twice, however, only in seven years. So yeah. I will set the over under at 159 and a half strikeouts. Kenny, is he over under 160 on the K front? I'm going to go under, and it's just based again on the history here. Like you look at this, he's only had a strikeout of nine, a strikeout nine above nine once, and that was in 2019, and it was over all of 11 starts. Mm -hmm. So there's just not enough of a track record here of missing bats. Now, look, when we talk about a pitcher who is better in real life than fantasy, I think the definition of it is Marcus Stroman because sure. he is so, like, you are going to get those six inning two run starts where, and you know, there, there's value in that, but you're going to get it with like four strikeouts because mm -hmm. he's going to initiate so much weak contact. He just doesn't have that bat missing stuff. Now, if he can get to like 200 innings, which he's done twice in his career, and those are the two times that he uh, has gotten over that 160, then yeah, I think he has a little bit better shot, but I just don't see a lot of guys throwing 200 innings as durable as Marcus Stroman has been for most of his career. I just can't see it, and I feel much safer not betting it over on Marcus Stroman strikeouts. Yeah, I'm taking the under as well here. Again, I'm going to assume in this conversation that the National League gets a DH. Right. Now, I don't know where Marcus Stroman, Marcus Stroman signs. If he signs with an American League team and there is no D, uh, and the National League does not adopt the mm -hmm. DH, then maybe right. this is a little different. But I'm sure. going to assume that the National League gets a DH here. And if so, then that just takes away pitching strikeouts from right. pitchers. And while for a lot of pitchers that we uh, that we talk about with strikeouts, that doesn't move the needle a ton. I think for uh -huh. Marcus Stroman and that type, it does. Sure. So I'm going to take the under as well. Do I think he could get 14 wins next year, pitch close to 200 innings, and have an ERA right around 3-5? Absolutely. Do I think he can get over 160-plus strikeouts? That's going to be a little tough. Yeah, I, I would say the only reason I would think about doing the over is I've seen Marcus Stroman go at people on Twitter, and I'm terrified. Yeah, well, again, if this is if this is the bulletin board material he <laughs> yeah, needs to get I'm over happy. 160, I'm I love happy Marcus Stroman to be yeah. that guy. Yeah, always happy to be the villain. Let's yes. move over to Carlos Rodon, um, maybe the worst pitcher in the short in 2020 season to one of the better pitchers in 2021. Had a career best 2.37 ERA in 2021. Claps up for Rodon. Yeah. However, in 2020, an 8.22 ERA. Granted, short sample size, but 8.22 ERA is still real bad. Uh, this season marks the first time since his rookie year back in 2015 where he had a sub-4 ERA. Mm -hmm. and that was a 3.75. So I will ask you, Carlos Rodon, over under a 3.2 ERA. This one's tough. I I can see it being over just a little bit. Like if, my guess would be if and it's just throwing a little bit of a number. Like if you could give me that three point three three, where he uh, that would be the sweet spot for me. But I'll still take the under. Like I think that we are really looking at a pitcher that was really starting to hit his stride. And look, you look at his FIP last year, two point six five. So this was not a lucky two point three seven. Like. A little bit because it's a little bit higher of a number, but there is legitimate reason to be excited mm -hmm. about this stuff. And look, this is a person, this is just kind of like a little bit of an eyesight test for me too. He's only 28 years old. He's never thrown more than 165 innings. I still think the best is to come from Carlos Rodon, but the reason why I'd be a little concerned here is with ERA, it just takes like a, a grand slam and your ERA is screwed for a long time. It's just the way baseball works. And it's why ERA is not a great indicative stat. But, you know, you look at this, um, like the 8.22 ERA was over seven and two-thirds innings. But the year before that, it was 5.19 sure. over 34 and two-thirds innings, 4.18 over 120 innings. You know, and the, a 4.18 ERA and a 4.15 ERA, if you're putting up those kind of strikeout numbers, is perfectly acceptable. Like, that, that's solid fantasy numbers. But I believe in Carlos Rodon, and I really do think that he has a chance to be a fantasy ace. I, I'll bet the, the over, but it's going to be a $5 bet. Yeah, I'm going to bet the over as well here. And that's not so much that's an anti Rodon. It's more no. like I think there might be maybe 10 pitchers next year who have a sub 3 2 ERA with, with no DH and all the rest. Yeah. Like, I, with, with a full time DH, excuse me. Like, I think there might only be a handful of pitchers who get under that mark. And I'm not sure if I believe in Rodon enough to put him inside the top 10 to 15 starting pitchers and bank on it. 
I think I'd probably feel a lot more comfortable around a three, 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 four, sure. maybe three, five. And again, if it's three, five with those strikeout ratios, I'm all for it. But three, two is, is, is asking quite a bit. So I'll, it's, I'll pass on that. That's fair. All right. Let's knock a couple out here real quick. And let's start with Justin Verlander. The 39 year old is coming off of Tommy John surgery, missed all of 2020 and 2021 due to injury. He's averaged over 250 strikeouts from 2016 to 2019, including 300 Ks in 2019. He's, like I said, 39 years old and coming off of injury, but one of the greatest strikeout pitchers of the last two decades, over under 199 and a half strikeouts. Uh, the only reason I'm going to go under is because I don't think he's going to get enough innings to qualify for it. I think the rate is going to be right around that, but I would guess he's getting like 25 starts and gets 180 185 strikeouts. So the rate will be there, but the overall number, I'll just take the under just because of what he's coming off of. Chef's kiss. Completely agree with all of that. Don't think he gets the number of innings to get there. And he'll be a very interesting person in drafts next year. Very interesting. Of course, obviously we don't know the team, but he'll be very interesting. Like who wants to like the way Corey Kluber was drafted this year. Yeah. Like that's going to be that, but like five rounds quicker for Justin yes. Berlander. So and all reports are that the workouts, he looked very, yep. very good. So yeah. Very interesting. Clayton Kershaw, the lifelong Dodger, now suddenly a free agent for the first time in his career, was not offered a qualifying offer. So he is a full-fledged free agent. Uh, he is 34 years old. Look, he's been very he's been very durable for the most part of his career, but the last couple parts of the last couple seasons, injuries have started to pop up. Um he might not uh he threw 121 innings in 2021. However, he threw 149, at least 149 innings in every season, but his rookie year and 2021. So I'll put the over-under at 149 and a half innings, Clayton Kershaw in 2022. I'm going over. I, I think Kershaw's a bounce-back candidate. I'll, I'll make a little bit of a prediction here that those 449 innings that he'll go over with are going to be with the Texas Rangers. Ooh, yeah. I, I would be very interested in that. I'd like to see that. I'm going over yeah. as well, and I think part of this is just I like Clayton Kershaw, and I would like to see <laughs> him fair. out there more than yeah. 150 innings. Like, yeah. I want to see him bounce back, and whether that's not in Dodger Blue and whether that's somewhere else, like I'm all for it still. Sure. Um, yeah. I got to say, it feels weird when I looked up when I'm doing the research for this, and Clayton Kershaw is 34 years old, and I – for whatever reason in my head, like we all have like the ages that we imagine. And I, yeah. I have Kershaw closer to like the Verlander, um, uh, like Scherzer levels, yeah. like 34. Like, no, yeah. I still think he's got some tread left on those tires. I know there's Absolutely. a lot, I know there's a lot of mileage on that arm, but I'm for it. Give me over. I like Clayton Kershaw a lot next year. He ended up on my team in the NBC uh, slow draft for 2022. I'm all That's for right. that. For sure. Uh, and let's end up with, Probably the best closer available out there uh, now that uh, Craig Kimbrell looks like he's going to accept the qualifying offer with the White Sox. Uh, and that's Rafael Iglesias, the 32-year-old, formerly of the Angels. Had a very nice season with LA last year, had 34 saves. He's thrown 34. He also threw 34 saves in 2018 with the Reds. The 34 saves are a career high. So I'll put it quite... Again, without knowing what team he goes to, Rossell Iglesias over under 34 and a half saves. Can he set a career high mark next year? I mean, he can, but I won't bet on it. It's just too hard. Like, it, it's too hard for me to bet on somebody to get over 30 saves, to be completely honest. Unless we're talking about, like, and even a Josh Hader type stuff. Like, if he, if Josh Hader went and pitched for the Dodgers or something like that, then yeah, I'd bet the, the over pretty easily. But it's just too hard. There are so many variance to whether or not a pitcher is going to get saves or not. I like Rachel Iglesias a lot. Those numbers that you mentioned are um, even better. If you look at the fact that he was terrible to start the year yeah. and then he just was absolutely dominant to end the year. And I think he's going to get a very nice contract from somebody uh, and be a very solid closer, but he might be a very solid closer with 28 saves or 32 saves or 40 saves. You just don't know. So if you're making me pick to go over or under on something with so many variants, I'll take the under. That's fair. I'm going to go the over, and that's only because if he can get 34 saves with the Los Angeles Angels, and he can theoretically sign with a better team than the LA, the 2021 version of the LA Angels, he yeah. might be able to get there. Fair. And with with the way pitchers are getting used now and yep. bullpens getting used now, like saves are one of the few things that if you have 
a small group of guys who are going to be ninth inning guys. Iglesias right. is one of them. I'll say next year he gets there. Like he signs with a contender and he gets a great opportunity to run with it. Someone's going to pay him a lot of money, like you said, to be that closer. I think he lives up to it. I'll go over. I think Iglesias could be a top five closer next year. I think that's fair too. The only thing I'll caution though too is, and this is something that uh, I'll, I'll just give it as advice for fantasy managers. Sometimes closer signing with great teams is not a great thing Correct. because you have yes. to be winning games by one, two or three runs. Mm-hmm. He could be coming in to close out games that are worth four runs and pitch very well, but you get bubkiss from it. You don't yep. get that save opportunity. So I would prefer him sign with a team like the Phillies, you know what I'm saying, where they are I'd going to win like yeah. a lot of close games. So then I would feel a little more confident. But if he's going to a really good team, then it's a little harder because you just don't know what, how many save opportunities are going to present themselves. But you're right. I, if he is with a, a good team that – more wins equals more save opportunities right. in that aspect. So so we'll see what's going on. But I like Rachel Iglesias a lot. I think he should be one of the first five closers off the board for sure. Well, that just about finishes up our show for today. So if you like what you're hearing, please make sure you are subscribed to Circling the Bases wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Love those five stars. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Tune back in on Friday morning for DJ and Drew as they host a brand new episode, so be sure you don't miss it. So until next time, stay safe out there, and as always, thanks for the listen. Don Smith, closer for the Dodgers 2024. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency creates personalized anti-aging formulas that smooth fine lines, lighten dark spots, and improve the appearance of dark circles. Each formula is tailored to you and prescribed by a licensed dermatology provider. Formulas are customized with clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than retinol. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime.